Hello, and welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. As always, except for right now. It's not as always. Right. Just but, as recently. <laughs> yeah, as recently. But that may end very soon, hopefully by next week. We'll yeah. get to that get to that uh later. Yeah. So right now we're in Colombia and we've basically just kind of taken a week off. Yeah, we hold up in a Airbnb mm-hmm. and Airbnb. And it's uh it's very nice. It's nice to have like a little home and to be able to control our food for a little bit and relax and spread out and you know yeah. collect ourselves decompress a and bit. catch up on rupaul's drag race in preparation of rupaul's drag race all-stars which starts uh tomorrow night there has been a lot of reality <laughs> tv going on in this um, place it's sort of what it sounds like where we are right now unfortunately <laughs> and I, unfortunately or best week ever i do not like pop culture <laughs> so and that's basically what rupaul's drag race is about pop culture so <laughs> it's it's been rough. Anyway. It's been a lot of like headphones and being in another room. Kind yeah. Of We've been spending our time, our downtime differently. Yeah. I've, I've been playing a little bit of Hearthstone, you know, catching <laughs> up on the uh, the new expansion, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm sure some people know what I mean. Anyway. Um, and we've also been cooking a ton, which has been super exciting because after like, I guess it was about 20 days just shy of three weeks of not being able to cook for ourselves at all. We've been going to the grocery stores and basically having a grocery store party every time. Yeah. And also saving a lot of money. Um, it's nice to not have to go into a restaurant and worry every time that they understood the dietary restrictions because often they don't. Well, and also just like we know exactly what we like to eat. Yeah. So it's nice just being able to cook because that's kind of the life we're used to. Yeah. I'm a control freak. Yeah. And we had fruit party. Right. Indeed. So we bought like a bunch of weird fruits um, that we didn't know what they were. Although at least one of them ended up being exactly what we thought it was. Which one? The mango. Oh, I didn't think it was a mango because it was small. Yeah, it was really small. It could have been anything. It was a wild card. We could have cut into that thing and it would be just like blue inside. But it, it was a delicious, delicious mango. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. All the fruit were good except for that one. Two. There were two fruits that were not oh, good. Yeah. The, <laughs> so our first day was amazing and we got really excited to just find all the strange fruits we could possibly find and yeah. keep doing this. Um, and and it bears mentioning that first round of fruit we bought at a grocery store that didn't label anything. So it was like you just needed to know. And of course we didn't. So that made it kind of more exciting. The second one, everything was labeled. Yeah. We found the fancy store here yeah. in Cartagena, yeah. uh, which is where we are. We didn't mention that. Um and we went to basically the Whole Foods equivalent of the supermarket, mm-hmm. and everything was very, very organized. And and we bought it like an eight-pound guanabana, Ugh. which everyone keeps asking us if that's a soursop, which I haven't researched. And that might just be the English word for it. The Are you sure they're talking about the big one? Because yeah. the other fruit yeah, that we bought that day. they're definitely talking about the big one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That thing was not good. Maybe well, I it think was it just wasn't not, ripe yet. Yeah, it just wasn't ripe because like most of it was hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a pretty telling sign. So we did end up wasting about 7.75 pounds of it. Oh, you don't have to tell people that because <laughs> now they're going <laughs> to... We're sure. wasteful and we're terrible people. Yeah. Um, now we're it was not shit. good. Couldn't eat it. Um, it tasted like the gigantic version of this fruit. When I visited um, my sister when she was living in Vietnam, there were these... L- and it looks like the giant version of it too. These little green fruits called custard apples um, that were super good. And it tasted like the unripe, gigantic version of that fruit. To me, it tasted like a giant pineapple that wasn't very Like a good. creamy pineapple. Yeah. But creamy is not an attribute you really want in fruit, in my opinion. Oh. Unless you're talking about coconut. And then give me all the coconut all day <laughs> to my face. Anyway. So we, we made our first Instagram story about it. Which was super confusing. Because <laughs> we're old. Yeah. I think if you use Snapchat, you're just like, oh, it's just a Snapchat clone. Oh, okay. I I had no idea, and so we were both kind of like fumbling with the, the video. We're like, can we record it outside of this app and then bring it in? No, you no. cannot. 
um, where it like it's going to go away after a day. I, I didn't really understand Yeah, when the I explained there. that to Adam after we spent like an hour working on our first Instagram yeah. story, he was so mad. <laughs> well, so what you can do is you can save the clips and I can edit video. So maybe I'll uh, we'll stitch them together at some point them out there yeah. into the world anyway it was really fun though once we got it figured out and now we're making instagram stories all the time oh yeah left and right we've done three days in a row maybe it's just <laughs> going to be an ongoing thing yeah so, so another nice. reason to find us on instagram right at let's not panic um and the biggest thing that we're doing while we're waiting in columbia excuse me while we're in columbia is waiting for the car yeah um it should be on time everything <laughs> should be fine <laughs> the craziest part about it to me, because they've been updating Adam with its logistics, is that it was in Cartagena, and it now is. it's going to Patagonia. Is, isn't that no, what you said? No. no oh. No. Did I just make that up? <laughs> yeah, that would be... Uh, so what So what blew my mind was yesterday, mm-hmm. I got a notice out of nowhere from some shipping company called Sealand, Sealand, um, no explanation, just an attachment. And I open the attachment and it says arrival notice. And I'm like, holy fuck. Because it has been reiterated to me many, many times how exorbitantly expensive all of the port fees are if you don't pick up your shipment immediately. They charge mm-hmm. you for storage, which is apparently just insanely expensive per day. And they also, the shipping company charges you a demurrage fee, I think is what it's called. Which that is, sounds like a made up word. It, which is basically the fact that the shipping container the car is in is not in circulation. So they charge you. And so I was like, holy crap, we're not in Santa Marta. We're four hours away. And I was, I, this is like first thing in the morning before Maggie's woken up and I'm, I start running around the house and getting dressed and I'm going to like call the private taxi company and try to get a ride as soon as possible. And I'm like going to start packing and I'm freaking out. And then I, um, I think to look up the shipping container ship, the ship that's actually going to be bringing our ship. And what, what turns out was I misunderstood the arrival notice. I don't know why they sent it to me. Um, cause it still said it was arriving on the 27th, but I had looked at the name of the ship that was, um, carrying our vehicle apparently and it had just shown that it was leaving (laughs) santa marta so i was like oh holy crap for sure this is on i gotta go no it turns out this ship is going to do like a whole loop around the caribbean and come back and pick up our ship or pick up our vehicle which is currently in cartagena where we are like it's within half a mile from us just sitting in a shipping port it's going to get picked up and then taken to santa marta four hours away not great logistics. So we're basically waiting for the vehicle to be taken from where we are to someplace that's four hours away just so that we can go drive four hours on a bus or something to pick it up. But there's no way to change the shipping arrangements once they're already in process and yada, yada, yada. But we kind of had a weird scare. Well, you had a weird scare. I was asleep, blissfully. Yeah blissfully asleep but it does seem like everything is on schedule um the only thing is i also got an email finally from that company because i had been sending them emails for weeks and not getting a response they sent me an email yesterday asking for our inventory list which we made and anticipated columbia needing and a uh what was the term uh a sales invoice essentially for all the goods in the container i was like And so I'm like, um, we, this is all personal goods. We don't need this. And of course, no response, no response for all day until I start trying to call them. Then I get a response and it's just like, oh, if it's, they're just personal effects, no problem. And it's like, do we need a temporary import permit? And they're like, maybe you should ask somebody else, you know, maybe you should hire a customs broker. I was like, okay. Oh, geez. So we're, I'm kind of racked with anxiety right now with the vehicle. Like, is everything going to be fine? Um, I've tried to hire a customs broker in Santa Marta where we're going to be, but they just do not respond unless you're there in person. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, and the other thing about the car is that it represents all of our upfront costs. So a thing that people ask us a lot when they email us, which by the way, we now have a contact form on our website that you can use if you're not an Instagram user. Um, People just kind of want to know about how much this trip cost. And that's kind of hard to necessarily do all the math on, but we can tell you about all of our upfront costs. Yeah, I tracked, I was very careful to track along the way in the beginning when we were planning this trip two years out. 
I made a spreadsheet and I kept track. And then I think at a certain point when we, maybe when we delayed the trip or a little after that, I just stopped caring, but I did, (laughs) it was a little, it started to get a little discouraging. Um, but I did keep track pretty well and we can break that down because a lot of people have asked. Yeah. Um, so the car itself wasn't that expensive. We bought it off of a really nice couple in the Berkeley Hills who were super excited about our projected use for it. Um, so we paid seven thousand uh, dollars. It's actually five thousand nine hundred. Oh, where did the seven thousand come from? It was a number I told you yesterday, and then I looked it up and updated it and told you, or I didn't tell you. I just you kept it to myself. Yeah. Anyway. $5,900, I guess. Mm-hmm. And one of the most hilarious things about that was that we just rolled up to their house with that amount of money in cash. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it. It was... I've know. never held so much cash in my entire life. Oh, I have. All right. Well, not all of us used to deal heroin. No. <laughs> Poker player, man. Oh. Poker player. Right. Um, yeah. The car was initially $5,900. And what's funny about that is the rooftop tent, including install and the accoutrement... Uh, there were a few like accessories that we had for it was $5,300. So already like the tent is almost as valuable as the ve- the base vehicle itself. Yeah. Now the vehicle thing, there are some major maintenance items that needed to be done on the vehicle. So you can kind of think of the vehicle costs as including those. The timing belt had never been changed. The vehicle had 160,000 miles on it. The radiator had never been changed. Uh, lots of little components also needed to be changed. So looking at the the stuff that needed to be just no matter what fixed, it was more like, you know, 7500 or $8,000 for the vehicle. But then that's not including all of the electrical work yeah. that you did to the car because you installed a refrigerator and you installed the power inverter and a second battery. So once you add all of that in... Yeah, so the, the electrical systems, uh, the refrigerator together, um, I kind of consider that as like one big unit. Mm-hmm. $2,000. The thing is, I did all the work on that myself. It would be a lot more expensive if you were going to hire someone to terminate the cables um, and to do all the wiring to plan the system. I had never done any of that, and I learned just for specifically this project, and it worked out. Um, nothing has burned down yet, but I think it might have might have caught fire in the shipping container. Uh, uh. But yeah, uh, that those systems, there was... Uh, we upgraded the suspension, which was definitely necessary because our vehicle carries 1,500 extra pounds about uh, over what should be carried in the vehicle, kind of. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the suspension upgrades were very, very important. That was about $1,000. <laughs> when Adam uh, tested out all the equipment for this like with a dry run trip, basically with all like the dress rehearsal with all the equipment and stuff, I was out of town working, so he went to our crossfit gym and he just borrowed like me plus 40 pounds worth of weight <laughs> yeah uh they have all these old weights <laughs> where they're kind of, they're, they're failing so i was just like can i borrow this and so basically i drove around with uh, 200 pounds that wasn't to represent maggie it was also to add a little bit of buffer but oh, i thought it was 175 okay yeah i think you're right my point being i don't weigh 170 yeah pounds. you don't weigh 175 pounds either <laughs> there was some buffer in there um just and I put it in the front seat because that would simulate the, the right weight distribution because that mm-hmm. definitely does matter. Uh, the hardest thing about the the weight really is it's all in the back no matter what we do. But I do try to drive with the heaviest stuff in the front. Uh, well, not in the front, in the center of the vehicle on the right side behind where Maggie sits. So that's where I keep propane. Um, oh, I thought you just put water it jugs. in the seat where I would normally sit. I put the extra weight when I simulated yeah. it in the front seat to simulate you and a little extra weight, but also like just day to day while we're on this trip, we're keeping all the weight as far front as possible for this reason, because no matter what the rear sags. um, Well, and also, and this is another big upfront cost because we, we, Adam, installed the the (laughs) royal system. (laughs) It is the royal we, the dryer system in the back. Yeah. And I, this is one of those decisions that I, I wasn't thinking about weight at this point. The drawer system itself cost $1,000. And what I did was I found someone who had made a similar drawer system for a 2004 runner, exactly our vehicle. And then I found a guy on Craigslist who said he was a woodworker. And I kind of worked with him closely to just build a duplicate of it, which worked out. But the weight 
um, was a concern. I, I, there's so much weight in that. We could have used wood that was a lot lighter and less sturdy. Mm. And I was more worried about sturdy and I wasn't thinking about like weight until at the very end. So I was like, holy shit, we might have, this just might break the vehicle as soon as we start driving it. Turns out that wasn't the case, but the drawer system was a lot heavier than it needed it to be. So, yeah, um, that was a thousand dollars for the drawer system. Um, so is that all of our car costs? What no, does that take the car the, to? I think people might actually want to know the numbers. Maggie, I know you don't like long <sighs> lists of things, but can I just read it off? And then any other things that might be interesting, you'll you'll think of to t- ask me about. All right, the car was five thousand nine hundred. <laughs> you didn't wait for an answer on that. You're like, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> strap in, sweetheart. Yeah, here we go. I'm just gonna get it out, get it done because people are gonna wonder, and I'm I want to be people? thorough. Yeah, you mean red? Yeah, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is all just for friend of the show red to to geek out on with me. Um, oh the, God. the car cost five thousand nine hundred dollars. The rooftop tent cost three thousand, or sorry, five thousand three hundred dollars. The timing belt was seven hundred and fifty dollars five hundred of that was install two hundred fifty was a package I bought on eBay Maggie's giving me the rolling eyes and moving fingers sign how are we doing Maggie I mean okay good and then uh, <laughs> electrical systems just the batteries the mounting of the batteries the wiring was a thousand the refrigerator itself cost a thousand we went with the ARB 45 or 55 quart fridge um, and it's been amazing really really love it it's been been very consistent. Except um, for the two times that it wasn't, and we one, lost all our food. One time it blew a fuse, and that was because I and I did research on that. The fuse oh. was too small. Oh, okay. Um, and what do you mean the other time? Wasn't there two times? No, not that wasn't our fault. We drained the battery one time, and then it. Uh, it so it has. A I really, blamed the refrigerator on both of those occasions. <laughs> I was like, "You fucking asshole!" We got really lucky. <laughs> refrigerator coming back from our three-week drive from Baja. Um, is when the, f- the fuse blew. So we were already done. We didn't I wasn't need- counting that time even. Oh. That's three times. Yeah, no, there's two times that are, we've just drained the battery. Um, mm. You know, you can't really blame the fridge. The, I did. The fridge has a really nice <laughs> thing. One thing about batteries is you don't want to overdrain them. It's really, really bad for them. The fridge has an automatic shutoff so that if it detects the low voltage, it just stops working, and which is better because in the long run, you don't want to damage your battery system. Um, unfortunately our power inverter does not have that feature. So we run into that problem where sometimes we leave the power inverter on we don't have anything connected and it drains the battery. Anyway, that was a thousand dollar for the fridge. The steering rack needed to be replaced. It's a very expensive component. And also when I did that, I upgraded a lot of the front end. Um, and I did that job myself too. And that was probably the craziest job that I took on myself. It was Was that the one where you had the car up? Just on like, the street? Yeah. Oh, I did all of this work on the streets of San Francisco, by the way. By hate. Yeah. We <laughs> lived at Hate and Masonic, which is like... I changed... If the... you've ever been a tourist in San Francisco, you've been there. <laughs> Going into this, I had no car experience. Um, and I really figured that if we're going to drive through South America on a car, I need to learn how to do some of this stuff myself. So I kind of tried to do every job I possibly could myself. And it's worth, I feel like, there's no way to quantify this, but your time is really valuable as well. Like, you're a career programmer and you work freelance. And so all the time spent working on the car was time not spent doing your highly billable hours. Yeah, but I like a project. No, no, no. I'm not saying... (laughs) No, 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 no. no. I don't mean to be like, oh, you shouldn't have done this. I mean, like... But I got... That's the other hidden cost of this trip was... That was time you weren't taking contract work. Yeah, but it's also time that I learned how to work on cars, which I value. You know, I, I definitely again, yeah, not yeah. saying that this no, wasn't no, no. a good use of your time. I I'm wasn't taking saying. that as a criticism. I just mean I, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with the results of it. I'm surprised how accessible it was. So yeah. I, I would say one of the things we're talking about today is the cost of the trip. But the other thing is thinking that you don't have the ability to do the trip. I definitely was worried about this one thing. Like, I don't know how to work on cars at all. I had never changed. Oh, that's not true. I changed oil one time with help with someone that knew what he was doing. But I basically had zero experience. Um, But you can totally teach yourself. The internet is amazing. And you Um, spent a lot of time on, like, the Reddit overlanding thread and expedition... Yeah. For the vehicle, there's actually, for Forerunners, there's a great community. Uh, It's a forum, I think, toyotaforerunner.org. And we'll put that in our show notes. I'll put a link to it. I might have gotten the name wrong. Because, also, we got um, a message on Instagram from somebody who is planning this kind of a trip in a Forerunner. Yeah. Which I was like, super. I don't know about you, but that was like one of the things I was really hoping we'd start to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, So we should put it just for her. Yep, absolutely. We'll do it. Um, 
anyway, so the jobs I did in the street included changing the radiator, which was at the corner of Hate and Masonic on a pretty busy day. I think it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> Maggie was out of town for the, for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, I was out this of was town This was two years ago. Super Bowl. It was the very first yeah. thing I did, by the way, on Forerunners. The radiator fails after about 100,000 miles. Very often it can cause a catastrophic failure where you get coolant into your transmission. So that's why I made that change. Mm-hmm. Very, very first thing I did on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I changed the radiator. Uh, on the street of, uh, you know, hate. normal stuff. Yeah, normal stuff. Um, I changed the or the rack and pinion, which is a huge job. It's a giant piece of equipment. It's basically the thing that moves the wheels when you change move the steering wheel, and it's about five feet long and weighs about 130 pounds. And so it was very very difficult. This is one of those things I'm really glad you told me about afterward, because then I started having this feeling of anxiety that the car was going to fall off of its stilts and just crush Adam to death. The only time that that was actually theoretically possible was this job that I yeah, was just describing. That's a, I'm like, when I'm I glad took, you told me afterwards. Cause that involved taking off the two front wheels yeah. and being under there for like eight hours from in my case. Um, yeah. But I should mention all these jobs I researched extensively before doing. I never took on anything that I was like, okay, can I do this? Can I, can, is this even possible? Um, I definitely knew like, cause you have to buy all the tools ahead of time, all the parts ahead of time. And that was so much time. So much time went into actually researching it. Doing the work itself was fun and enjoyable. Oh my God. Do you remember the day you sent me to the auto store to get like a really specific fluid? Yeah. And I didn't get it. Well, yeah. So and that, how badly you wanted to burn down the entire world. <laughs> I just used the other fluid. It was transmission fluid, and it, it, it was fine. One well, quart. Why were we so pressed for time that Because we were trying to drive um, to your mom and John's that day. For what? Uh, we just, uh, we was were it leaving. Was Christmas or something? It was like a yeah, holiday yeah, or yeah. something. We were going to drive up from there to Placerville. That's So we right. were going to drive, you know, like 500 yeah. miles, and I had, I was trying to, I, I had changed the transmission fluid a few days earlier and I fucked up and I over tightened the bolt which causes it to leak constantly so I kept trying to put a gasket on there in the time and I didn't get a good gasket and then we had pulled some fluid because I needed to change the the plug and then Maggie needed to emergency run to the auto zone to get While me some I was replacement fluid dessert, yeah it dessert. was it was a panic moment we definitely panicked yeah um that the point of this story is really how unhelpful I've been with the car. That's not it's like true. the one time you sent me off to go get something. I was like, I bought a fluid. And you're like, this is not what I asked. For. <laughs> it wasn't your fault, really. You, I said, say these words to the, the auto person there. Yeah. And you did say them. I heard you over the phone. Like Dexron yeah, you did 4, actually surveil my trip to the, to the <laughs> Well, I was just like, go to there and call me. Go there and call me. And then I'll tell you what to say. And, and I will surveil you. <laughs> And then the guy gave her like ATF four or something. He, he gave her the wrong fluid. Was, I don't understand how that happened. And then anyway. Adam burned that store to the ground. Anyway, um, it is no more. The I changed the transmission pan and the, did a transmission service in the streets of San Francisco also. Mm-hmm. Um, and we Maggie, you uh, you helped me change the differential fluid together. Remember it that? Smelled so gross. Oh, it. It's That's of, all I retained from that was like first of all rolling around on the concrete ground. In San Francisco, which is like not clean. We were just lucky we didn't land on a spot with syringes being right next to the park. But there was dog poop that I stepped in at some point and then (laughs) was constantly just spreading dog poop everywhere. (laughs) There was just dog poop everywhere. Shit. (laughs) Just a shit frosting. There was shit everywhere. (laughs) Over the place. And Uh, then we drained the stinkiest fluid it, it, it wasn't just, as stinky as the transmission fluid it was, by the like way. It smelled like something that would come out of like a very unhealthy body. I kind of like it. It smells a little bit like pork rinds. Ugh. There's a little taste of pork rinds to it. Mm. Like gangrenous I'm not, pork rinds. Like, <laughs> it's like pork rinds made of rot and ruin. Okay. We, I'm going to get us back on the list just to go through it. Um, where we were was the steering rack. That cost $1,000 in parts. Um the suspension we mentioned already a thousand dollars. The bumper, so we changed out the rear bumper, and it turned into be a much more expensive project than I had anticipated. The raw bumper itself was about a thousand or eleven hundred dollars. Who made our bumper? Four X Innovations. Um, I ask because now they follow us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. They, um, it's a great bumper. I'll. They don't, they don't sponsor the show, but I'm gonna. But go they ahead and should. Because I was. It's a big purchase, and you're never sure. It rattles just a little bit. There's a little bit of noise, but there's a lot of noise anyway in the vehicle. Um, it's not. If you actually put some weight on it, it's fine. 
And that way, the reason we did the bumper upgrade was so that we could carry the fuel. We already mentioned this. Um, but the thing is with the bumper is they send it to you raw steel. So another part of it is you need to powder coat it. Otherwise it would rust very, very quickly, especially after a rain. So powder coating was very, very expensive here in the Bay Area. And then install was moderately expensive, 200 or $300. So it came out to be about a uh, $2,000 expense, just the bumper. And it's one of those things that I almost regret. It's the one thing that I think maybe was uh, we could have saved some so money. So maybe don't sponsor us after all. No, no, it's great. <laughs> like what it is is definitely a, a great iteration of what it's supposed to be. And I had a lot of doubts going into it, but it was a lot more expensive than you know I would have liked it to be, I think. Uh, various replacement parts. There's like, you know, sensors and things like that. Uh, oxygen sensor, idle air control valve came out to be $500. The radiator I mentioned already was $400. And then just, I didn't have any tools. This is the last expense, uh, Maggie. So just hang in there. Um, I didn't have any of these tools and I think it came out to be about $700. And those tools are mostly not with us on the trip. We didn't bring everything. Uh, what I did was actually, as I used a tool, I pulled it from the normal toolbox and put it into a tool roll. And that's the only stuff that I brought. So all told that came to $21,000, including the cost of the car um, and including the cost of the repairs and the rooftop tent. Thoughts, Maggie? I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, one thing is it's over two years um, that mm -hmm. we, we put this investment in mm -hmm. uh, and really it's the bulk of the cost the rest of the upfront cost is just mostly camping, camping equipment, equipment yeah. and that includes the awning the stove uh, we bought a very fancy stove i love our stove and it was totally worth it because we love to cook we cook so much um if you've ever cooked on a camp stove like we used to have a coleman camp stove the that standard one was one. stupid it's just too small and too light and it's just kind of flimsy you know like it's hard to cook two things at once and not feel like you're going to spill everything on the ground um, so the partner steel stove uh, has been a great investment. It's got enough room for normal sized cast iron pans and pots. Really, really like and it, it. Like it actually has, I would say, more um, kind of granular control for heat than our home stove had in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I, it's great. The I think it can get hotter, and it you, there's enough control that you can do a low, a low heat. Yeah. Which is very hard to do on which, most camp stoves. Yeah, which was awesome, particularly when we went to Baja and we bought all those fresh shrimp. Oh, you remember yeah, when the yeah, guy yeah. came by and was just selling shrimp out of his car? Mm -hmm. We bought like a huge bag of them and then I made like a big stew. We highly recommend that, by the way, just buying seafood out of someone's car. <laughs> I'm not, it sounds like we're joking, but it, it was, there were great shrimp and that it was, was very, like very economical. That was the best meal we ate that yeah. whole trip. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Um, anyway. And that low heat was really nice for that particularly, like so good, mm -hmm. keeping it warm. Uh, we bought two propane tanks. We bought aluminum ones so that if they collided, they don't spark. You buy aluminum because they're a lot safer, but they're also a lot more expensive. Those cost $250. The stove was 450 with a stand, a heavy duty stand so that we can just set it up in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then table and chairs. We, we bought a cheap table that Maggie hated more oh, than I hated that more table. than anything just because it was fiddly to set up um, it was dumb to set up whoever designed that should just be kicked once in the shins and it was one of those things we would always need a table every time we set up camp every single time maggie would have to deal with this thing that she hated and she really really hated it oh, so i hated it so much we decided to go with a fancy table from snow peak um, and it's it's called the single action table and it sets up in two seconds it's still a little hard for Maggie to wield, I think, just because it's just like cause a, I'm graceless. Like it, <laughs> it takes a little practice. Yeah. It's not a it's not a the table problem. It's a the me problem. Yeah, it's called single action because you can you can set it up just literally by spreading it apart and it folds down pretty small in one motion. Yeah. Um, and the chairs we also went with some chairs from them. Solar panels, two hundred and fifty dollars, and then the, we already mentioned the drawer system was a thousand. So all of that, or uh, the awning, I didn't mention the price was eight hundred and fifty dollars. All of that came out to $3,250. So um, that's most of the equipment that's in the container right now. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're looking at about $25,000 or $24,000 of stuff that we're traveling with. Not um, to mention clothes, things right. we owned beforehand. We Adam had the drone beforehand, which was actually a wedding gift. Yeah, from um, my sister still... in Adeloke. Yeah. Um, I think the... The investment 
sounds really, really big when you think about it as like, oh man, I don't have that money to spend right now. Neither did we. Um, it's sort of like, okay, you get the car, that's a big jump. But then when you have the time, you make the improvements and you plan your trip alongside that. And it's not really as big of an expense as it sounds because what's going to happen now that we have this vehicle is we're going to be able to save a lot of money by not having to stay in hotels. Yeah. Um, Um, and actually like one of the biggest blessings of postponing for a year, other than the fact that like, I totally loved the job I was doing at that time for that year um, was that it allowed us that extra time to spread out all these costs. I think if we'd had to rush and get it all ready in time for our original leave date, the car wouldn't be as comfortable as it is. Um, And it would have also been a much greater financial hardship on us. Absolutely. We didn't buy the rooftop tent. We, We didn't make that decision until after Maggie had taken the job. We're like, all right, well, we're going to still go on this trip. God damn it. God um, damn it. So that was kind of our financial way of trying to do it. And of course, we may still have reneged on it and not gone. Uh, but buying that was like, okay, well, if we're going to be around for another year and we're going to have the, the time to save for the rest of the equipment, let's get this tent and make the, you know, the whole The tent experience. was such a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. No. You don't think? Oh, no. I. It's just hard. Cause, so there's. this is the way we chose to do it, but there's. you could go a lot cheaper. You could buy a ground t- tent for $350, mm-hmm. a good one, Yeah. and two like high, high-quality sleeping mats, and you'd be We did set. have high, high-quality sleeping yeah, mats. And which we left at home. Although they're, they're too big for a tent that would be warm. You don't want a tent mm-hmm. that's big enough to hold two of those next to each other, um, but they're, they're very nice. But, so yeah, we had a lot of this equipment that we um, decided not to use because I already had a tent from backpacking. We could have just done that, but it's a trade-off, you know, and we mentioned the trade-off. You can totally do this, the upfront costs. You could probably do it for half the cost. Oh, easily. Easy. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of choices I made. I feel like where we were like, there are two options. There's the more expensive option that is kind of a known quantity. And then there's a cheaper option where you need to do X, Y, or Z to make it work. And we almost invariably chose the more expensive option. Yeah. And so I, given that we chose the more expensive option, and uh, the one last expense is the shipping of the vehicle. We knew that we would have to do that. That cost $3,000. And we're shipping it in a uh, container. Um, We could have done another option called roll on, roll off, which is where you give them the car keys and then they drive your car and park it on the deck of the ship. But then you can't leave anything in the car yeah they, they tell you anything in the car just expect it will be taken out of the car and you will never have it again like that's that's kind of the anecdote but i've heard that's kind of changing I, there's hmm. um i know the people desk to glory they shipped mm-hmm. roll on roll off back from uh i think buenos aires to florida mm. and had no problems so you know hmm. it, it's anecdote it was just a risk that we were not willing to take because we put obviously so much time and energy and money into planning what equipment we would have. It would be kind of catastrophic to get to, you know, in a week when we pick up our vehicle and find out it's empty. Like there's nothing left. Yeah. That'd um, be a problem. So we chose to go with We'd the container. We'd have a problem there, dude. And we chose to also go with like a turnkey solution, a company that would just hire, we'd hire to just take care of all the exporting and everything up front. And they did. Um, to kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the jury's still out. When we pick it up next week, yeah. I will be able to conclusively say that it was a choice we made and it paid off. If anything goes wrong, I'm going to be pretty pissed. So, Adam. Maggie. Do, do you want to talk about your feelings a little bit about the car? Because it seems like you've got a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for asking, Maggie. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. Mm-hmm. But it's, I, you know, there's so much in the air right now with the vehicle. I just want to make sure it, it's done right. And I'm not, there's no one I can talk to at any of these companies that will actually give me, like, the rundown and, like, explain everything that's going on. They all kind of just pass the buck. Like, here's the shipping agent in Columbia that you're dealing with now. Email them at least one week. It's very important that you email them at least one week before your shipment arrives. And I did that, and no response, no response. And finally, I got a response that was just like, you should read our FAQs. And the FAQs are like, how to book shipping. Like, there's nothing that helps <laughs> explain our situation. So uh, I'm kind of anxious to find some sort of shipping agent here in Colombia that will make me feel better. I think it's worth throwing $100 someone's way to 
like make sure everything goes smoothly. What do you think, Maggie? I feel like I've actually gotten like really weirdly zen about this. Which isn't to say I'm not going to be super upset if our car is gone. Because as we've mentioned before on the podcast, um, the only kind of insurance you can buy for this shipping is total loss insurance. Yeah. Which is banana town. <laughs> it's not a great term. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make you feel any better. Um, but I think at the end of the day, which is one of those phrases I hate, but is also very true in this case, like if we've lost the car, we've lost the car. I would way rather lose the car than be in any kind of dangerous situation with our actual bodies. Yeah. No, like, uh, you know, put it in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not as anxious about the car as you are. And it's not it's not realistic that we're going to lose the car. No. And of course, knock on wood again. You got to actually knock on wood though. Good. I did it. That was a good knock. <laughs> um, we're in a closet, by the way. That's why it sounds like she's knocking on a, a hotel sliding door. Because that's what basically we are knocking on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just worried. I'm just, you know, I have anxiety about making sure everything goes smoothly. And I think that's that's where I am right now with it. Sounds like you need something to lighten you up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Is so I've got just the just the just the medicine you need. All right, pal. Lay it on me. <laughs> so, um, a group of our friends uh, from our gym at home sent us some very serious questions, and we're going to give them some very serious time right now. They are from our CrossFit gym. It's true. So these are all CrossFit-centered questions, mm-hmm. um, as is their want. Okay. To ask. All, all right. right. How many push-ups do you do per day? I'm assuming this is a question for Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be a question for Maggie. Zero. Really? You yeah. can do a push-up now, right? Uh, or did you lose it? I'm we pretty sure I've lost it. Yeah. Um, I haven't done a push-up in at least a year. But thank you for the question. In a year? Really? Yeah. Just since the last time it just happened to be in a random wad. I don't I do not do push-ups. I should. I haven't been doing any exercise <laughs> except for the few times. When we first started dating, yeah. Adam used to do just push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so his pecs and his shoulders were like gigantic. And then the rest of him was really skinny because that's how he is normally. That was my go-to. Um, and so when we first started dating, I was like, oh, do you do push-ups? And he was like, yeah. And I could tell you. <laughs> super proud of himself yeah I didn't, that i noticed i didn't pick up on the undertones of the question <laughs> which is no do you not do any other things <laughs> it was just very clear that you were very dedicated to your push-ups yeah. anyway um do you just have maggie climb on your back when you squat i think that's a great idea who asked that question it's the one in blue. Oh, uh, we can't see. They sent me a screenshot of their chat from Facebook. Oh. Um, so I think it's Katie because Katie is the one who sent it to me. I think that's a great idea because that's like a bar, uh, you know, one plate. Oh, well, I guess we don't want to say what that is because that would be too specific. But it's a perfect <laughs> amount of weight as like I could do like 30 of those, I think. You, you could squat me 30 times? Easy. That's big talk. Yeah. No, I could easy. I could I, probably do. I think it's a lot of big talk. No, no, no. I could do well. Maybe not anymore, but I could. I think I could probably do fifty. Um, how much does your car weigh if you deadlift it from the front? That question is not a serious question. <laughs> these are all very. <laughs> these are deadly serious questions. And also Adam. that it's very complicated. And from the back. Oh, I see. It would weigh a lot more from the back. That's it's very see, this astute. Is a serious question. I think I would need to ask our friend Jonathan Goldman to help with the physics because it's, it's a pretty complicated question. I miss John. Yeah. Well, I have a surprise for you, Maggie. John is right here. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's not hiding outside the closet. Anyway, um, how do you get your pre-beach pump on? I feel like we ate some cheese. Yeah. Was that, that was in response to the Instagram photo that you posted no that was actually before the instagram photo. oh well there you go katie's just very timely uh i don't i don't do the pre-beach pump either i'm gonna I, i'm really boring on these questions know, i'm taking them way too seriously yeah you're answering right. these like these are very serious questions i'm in a very serious mood because you, <laughs> you just changed from like my biggest fears to 
<laughs> a lighthearted levity. Joke. Okay. Um, let me let me re-answer that question. I just focus my brain and just reactivate all my muscles because I have that much control. Because That's I do CrossFit. That's still like kind of a serious answer. Because I do CrossFit. <laughs> I would like to point out that anytime he drops something and then catches it or like knocks something over and then writes it really quickly, he goes, looks at me in the eye, really serious. He goes, CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> Which is the most annoying thing in the world. <laughs> um, do you think Zika is an effective method at weight loss? Not funny. I will say, not funny. Really Man. bad food poisoning or the flu or whatever it was I had was a great <laughs> way to lose five pounds in three days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the if Zika... you shit your brains out for three days straight, yeah. there's nothing left. <laughs> yeah. It, um, Zika's scary. I don't. I don't really want to. Oh, you're so serious today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I think I'm a little bit wound up. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, I had a lot of coffee this morning, yeah, so okay, it gives me okay. a little bit of the okay. the coffee shakes. Um, I think here's a question you'll like. Oh, okay. Are snatches? There... Is it about snatches? No, it's not. I about love snatches. snatches. If you don't know what a snatch is, wrong. You're wrong. Don't be a douche. <laughs> snatch is the perfect exercise. It's just where you pick a weight up off the floor and then basically throw it over your head and catch it over your head. Yeah. And it uh, kind of requires everything that is fitness okay, yeah, all at once. Okay, 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 okay. Settle down, right, you. Right. Um, are there exercise? <laughs> are there exercise equipment attachments you can purchase for your vehicle? Rig, mm. squat rack. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I think one thing I actually have thought about doing was taking the spare tire off and trying to overhead squat with it because I think it weighs about. 70 pounds but it's an awkward shape but it's maybe a little bit more functional fitness i think that would be kind of fun um we found out about but did not have time to act on the they have these sandbag uh kettlebells that you can buy which would have been really cool because it'd be really stupid to bring just raw weight like bring a kettlebell on this trip given the previous conversation we had about how i was worried about weight um but portable kettlebells where you like have a little sandbag thing that you fill up and it weighs like 45 pounds that would have been really cool uh but other than that no nothing that attaches to the vehicle but you can use the vehicle for handstands and handstand push-ups although i can't really do a handstand push-up right now it's like theoretically yeah you can use the vehicle <laughs> for these things yeah. we don't because we're not in that good of shape but theoretically you could i used to be able to do a handstand push-up on the vehicle when when I tried it, the first time, remember? In Baja? Yeah. I don't remember it being successful. Yeah. No, it's easy. Well, I don't believe Kipping? you. Kipping's easy. Hmm. Yeah. I don't believe you. All right. You ready to get into our three Bs? Yes, indeed. Okay. So this one might be a little tough because we've basically been inside of an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your choice for beautiful? So we're in this apartment that's, they. it's sort of built in Colombian style, which is just like a really boring white tower um, mm-hmm. apartment complex kind of thing. We're on the 15th floor facing the ocean. And I don't think I've ever had an unobstructed view of the ocean from this height so close to the ocean. The ocean looks very, very, very tall. And I I really like it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like impossible to take a picture of it that does it justice. Because it's actually really beautiful. There's this Japanese painter who paints just horizon lines. And that's what this reminds me of a lot. Like, it's really beautiful and it's very calming to look at. Mm -hmm. So that's my pick. I'd actually have to agree. I think the view, which we can't really represent with a photo because it just doesn't do it any kind of justice. Yeah. Um, You took that photo yesterday at the sunset. Maybe we'll just throw that up as a show note. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sunset photos are kind of boring. They're so dumb. Why they're do just... I keep doing it? I have that impulse every time to I'm like, oh, it's a pretty sunset. Maybe I should take a bunch of pictures. And it's like, that's just almost always going to be the dumbest photo you took. No. Why don't you just enjoy it? The dumbest photos that you took was like the the photo with a flash on your, not, not that you took, but that one takes was when we were in the Carlsbad Caverns and people were just going around with their, their photo cameras, uh, their, their iPhones. And just trying to take pictures with a flash in a dark cave. Just like, okay, you're taking a picture of a white ball. <laughs> Stop it. You're blinding me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was dumb. Your choice for brutal? 
Brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, I have one. I have a little bit of an off-the-wall one. Well, I had been to Columbia before and also cooking a lot while I was here. I stayed here for like 10, 10 weeks. And the, the best thing that I found was this thing called Tocino, which is basically just pork belly. They just have it everywhere, just cuts. And here I have not been able to find it. I don't know if it's in a Cartagena, Cartagena thing because yeah. I was in Medellin before. Maybe the, it'll be better there. But in Cartagena, I have not been able to find a fresh cut of Tocino to like really blow Maggie's mind. I made it yesterday and she liked it, but I'm I'm kind of like, mm, it's it's a little. It was really good. It's a, it's a little over the hill. It's not as fresh as I'd like it hmm. to be because it's basically fat and fat. You want to cook before it gets a little off. Um, anyway, it's been a little brutal. The the hunt for my Tocino continues. Okay. Um, mine is the traffic and the way that you are expected to drive here. I'm really scared <laughs> of driving in Cartagena during rush hour because you basically just accelerate into stopped traffic and like into like when you take a left hand turn, you just cut in front of everyone. Yeah, this is I'm going to segue this also just to be my next choice too. Um, bizarre. This is my bizarre turn the left turning system that it works is banana how is not everyone dead so instead of you know everyone knows making a left turn on right hand side driving streets left turns across traffic are the most difficult because you have to look left and right you have to have find a space so that the cars oncoming on your left hand side aren't going to collide into you and then the right hand side has to have a space so that you can continue into traffic without blocking and get hit getting hit on your left here they just drive. You just you want to get in the road. You just drive into the road and block all oncoming traffic on the left, and then on the right, if there's no spot for you, you just sit there and wait, and you're just blocking everything. Sometimes they'll start like partially blocking the right hand lane that you're trying to enter and the left hand lane, and you're just stuck in this sea of cars. Yeah. And like. So basically, every time we get in a car, like I don't even really believe in prayer in a very serious way but I pray. <laughs> like that's all you can do. And this is just riding in a taxi or like five minutes. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not in charge of the driving. I'm pretty confident in some, in a lot of city driving. I've driven in San Francisco a ton and, you know, I've driven the forerunner in San Francisco a ton. Not a big problem. I can, I can cut off with the best of them. I'm, you know, I understand when to be aggressive and when not to be, but this is a little bit over the line for it me. It flies in the face of all logic yeah. and safety. The if this is really how it's going to have to go down, like I'm going to just have to start learning how to like make a left turn this way. I'm a little worried about it because yeah. that's that scares me. It, yeah. It's just a little too far. Um, so if you've ever been to Vietnam and you've been to Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh City, um, the traffic's crazy there. Like it's just super crowded and. It kind of doesn't make any sense at first look, but the difference is eventually you get the hang of it because it's like if you just go steadily in whatever direction and you don't change speeds, like you just kind of assert this is the speed I'm going, this is the direction I'm going, you can kind of move your way through traffic with safety. This has none of, it's like, it's like that same kind of logic, but minus the idea of not changing speeds and just going as fast as possible. Yeah. It's, it's very, very abrupt motions, and you're like, oh, you're turning? Oh, whoa, you're blocking all that traffic. That car almost hit you. Holy crap. And yeah. it's like, geez, is this how it actually just works? Uh, it's it's bizarre to me. It's and so it's, scary. It's brutal for Maggie. Yeah. Um, my choice for bizarre, Adam, not to call you out. So we have a deck, and every day between mm. you know, two and what three. Kind of, wait, hold on. Hold on. We have a deck that gets sun exposure but has no other buildings that can see the deck that doesn't mean you're invisible <laughs> adam's been going out every day between two and three and just being naked just getting his naked time in and the best part was he hasn't stopped even though one day <laughs> he realized people down at the beach could see him because they were whistling <laughs> at him <laughs> I call this project Golden Nethers. <laughs> and Project Golden Nethers. That is Nethers. the name of this episode and <laughs> your life's purpose. Project Golden Nethers is going very, very well for those who are curious. They're getting goldener. Oh my God, sweetie. And the time that people saw me was, in my defense, 
or not defense, in Project Golden Nethers' defense, my own damn fault. Because I was, I was standing outside uh, changing clothes that we had hung up naked. So I was walking around on the balcony. and Then he saw me looking at him. And then I, <laughs> I did a naked clean for Maggie. Which, for people who don't do weightlifting, <laughs> basically involves bending over and then snapping up into a squat really fast. Um, there are really just putting on a show with his butthole. <laughs> I was facing towards you. Yeah, you're fa- but oh, right. <laughs> for the people on the beach, like it's one thing to do that in front yeah. of your wife. It's yeah. another thing to do it in front of fifteen all stories. All the people so enjoying the beach on a Sunday afternoon. We're <laughs> we're two hundred or three hundred yards away from them, like a direct line of sight. And I thought I would be safe; no one would ever notice. It would just be like obscurity. The only thing is, yeah, the only thing is, people were flying kites. And the kites were flying towards the building. So I think that's how I got spotted. Mm-hmm. And then so someone whistled after I did this naked clean. By the way, naked cleans, there's an interesting... Nope. 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 Okay. Don't J- talk about if your you drink. Know- <laughs> <laughs> You're cut off. If you know about You're cleans, there's, there's an interesting phenomenon that happens. That's why I naked clean. Oh Just go ahead and experiment Mom, with it. Dad, listen to our podcast. <laughs> anyway, it's funny. There's something funny that happens. Um... But after I do this pretty embarrassing motion where I'm like basically just shaking my butt in one snapping motion towards just this in crowd case of people. Those people were ever curious what Adam's butthole looks like. <laughs> now um, I hear like, like really, really loud. And I turn around and then there's like at least a group of five or six people that are waving up at the balcony. And there was definitely no doubt that they were waving at the, the naked man on the balcony and not some other balcony. Um, so but that has not deterred me because if i lie down on the balcony no one can see me and there is consistent sun between 2 30 and 3 and it's uh that is my choice for bizarre i'm not so pasty now that's all i'm gonna say As per always, you can find us on Instagram at Let's Not Panic. We will not be posting any naked pictures of Adam. Hopefully, we will be posting a picture of Shadow coming out of a shipping container mm-hmm. on Saturday or Sunday. That's the goal. I'm really excited, nervous, everything at once. Yeah. Um, but that's our next move. And then we're going to be on the road, Maggie. Woo-hoo! Can you believe it? I'm so excited. Yeah. We're going to be back on the road trip. Yeah. That'll feel great to have all our like mini home on the road and everything. Mm. Yeah. You can find Adam on Instagram at Adam A. Wolf. And you can find Maggie at uh, Maggie Takuda Hall on Instagram. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you guys. This is what it sounds like where we are.